for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. Good morning. I am so excited about this morning. So I'm not going to preach down here, I'm just trying to get this to go up. <laughs> Can anybody help? Oh, here we go. <laughs> no, that's great. Thank you very much. Yeah, we want to be very thirsty for the Holy Spirit this morning. And he, he very much has laid something on my heart for us all. Are you hungry for more of God? Are you, are you thirsting? Have you developed a thirst yet, or is that developing? Do you want to hear from God this morning? Oh, I had three. I think I heard three then. Yeah, do you want, because I don't want us to, to, to be a bystanders this morning. I want you to be engaged, and I want you to be engaged with him. I want you to be engaged with what he is saying to you as an individual. Because God, the Holy Spirit speaks to us as individuals as well as a corporate body. So what I'm going to invite you to do is, if you wouldn't mind just standing for a moment, just to, just to pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to you, increase your hunger, increase his presence among us, and that you will receive what he wants to give you this morning. That this next 30, 40 minutes is not a time for us just to sit back and to watch. It's a time for us to be engaged with him as to what he wants to do. So let's just right now, in your own words, just say, Lord, I welcome you. I welcome you. I welcome you to speak to me. Just put it in your own words right now. You can use what I'm praying. Lord, I'm willing to hear from you this morning. Lord, speak to me, Lord. Let this time be significant. Holy Spirit, I allow you to speak to me. You are welcome, Holy Spirit. You are so welcome here. You're so welcome. Holy Spirit, have your way in this meeting. Have your way in my life. Holy Spirit, I want to hear from you this morning. Oh, Lord. Yes, just call out to him. Lord, more and more of you. More and more of you, Lord. More of you right now, Lord. Oh, Lord God. Lord, and I, ask, I personally ask for help, Lord, in this delivery Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you. I think it's so important that we actually are in a receptive mood um, for what God wants to do, because it's all about him. It's all about Jesus. It's all about what he is saying. It's not about any clever preaching or you know, any clever teaching. It's not that. It's about him and the way that he communicates to us in a marvellous way. And I'm going to be talking about that this morning. I'm going to be touching on a number of points uh, this morning. Um, so I'm going to be talking about what are the gifts of the Spirit. My title this morning is Earnestly Desire Spiritual Gifts. It comes from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31, and 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, where Paul says, Earnestly Desire Spiritual Gifts. So I'm going to be talking about what are the gifts, what are they used for, what does it mean to earnestly desire the gifts, what could hinder me from moving in the gifts, and lastly, how can I make myself more available, how can I prepare myself for more of what God wants to do in my life, how can I make a step forward this morning and going on into this next week and going on into the rest of my life.
So just a few points to cover, but we'll, we'll get through that. How many of you have heard of Bill Johnson? Oh, yeah, I've got a few hands up. Bill Johnson is a famous uh, preacher from America, from the Bethel Church. He shared a story very recently, which I just heard him say. Um, he said that he had been suffering from an internal problem, and he was uh, a little bit embarrassed about it, and he didn't want to tell anybody about it. And uh, so he kept quiet about it. But he, he, he told them in the, in the, uh, in the preach, he had a, a rectal problem. And, uh, and so he was a little bit sort of embarrassed about it. But he said that he was prompted to make it public, and, as it were, because he said he had somebody who phoned him up and said, Bill, I've got a word from the Lord for you. And Bill said, okay, yeah, I'll have that. He says, the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. LAUGHTER <laughs> At which point he, he had to smile and he sort of said, okay, Lord, right, okay, you're on this case. And uh, he, he did have prayer, but it, it, that didn't get healed. I believe he had to have surgery, but that's what happens sometimes. Sometimes when we pray for people, they do get healed, and sometimes we have to go for surgery, okay? Right, do you know that God has designed us to be vessels of the Holy Spirit? You have been designed by God to contain and to outflow the Holy Spirit. That's, you, that's what God's design is for you. However, we are spirit, body, and mind. And so there is an indwelling also of our mind that can affect our bodies. And so what you believe, what you think, and what your actions are, have a key on how much of the Holy Spirit you have, as it were, how much of his movement in your life. It all depends on what you're thinking. And I believe that God wants to lift off from us this morning a lot of wrong thinking, or thinking that's got a little bit uh, you know, in the wrong rut. Am I doing something wrong here, John? I'm okay, am I? Yeah, I, think he, I believe he so much wants you to go on a new path with him this morning. So I thought it would be good for you to know a little bit about my experience, my journey, because it doesn't happen overnight. Growing in spiritual gifts does not happen overnight. You don't suddenly wake up in the morning and you look at the bedside cabinet and there's a little box and it has the names of the gifts on it. No, there's a journey that you do that you have to press into. In 1994, in the church that I was in, there came something called the Toronto Blessing. Some of you may have been involved in that. You may have been around when that particularly happened. It was an extraordinary time, an extraordinary time. We had special meetings in our church where we would just be soaking and, and waiting for the Holy Spirit, that we'd be learning more about the Holy Spirit. There were extraordinary times. I can't begin to describe what they, what they, were, they were like. I mean, <laughs> so it just came to my mind that... Uh, one of, my, one of my best friends, I found him slumped outside the church one evening after one of the meetings, and he was just slumped on, on, on the floor. And I said, um, I said what, what are you doing down there? And he said, he said I'm, I'm thinking of funerals. And I said, why are you doing that? He says, he says, because I'm so full of the Holy Spirit, he says, and I'm laughing such a lot. He says, I can't go home like this. He said, my wife will wonder what on earth has happened to me. He says, so I've been trying to think of something else, he says, to sober me up, to sober me up so that I can get home. I had extraordinary things. I can't, I can't go into it all now, but it was, it, you know, it was great. 
and we knew it was, we knew it was the Holy Spirit, and we knew that it was a, a flow of the Holy Spirit, of which we want more of. We want more of it, and I believe that there is more to come. There was crying, there was laughing, there was backs being straightened, there were legs that were growing, there were people uh, breaking out in tongues, there was prophetic words being spoken, there were healings, there were visions, and there were incredible signs and wonders, which even now I can hardly believe that I saw. Do you mean? And I I remember one meeting where there was very fine gold dust on people's hands and on their their clothes. It's, It's quite extraordinary the things that God did with his signs and wonders. However, my journey to get there was quite different. Didn't just suddenly find myself in this position where suddenly the Holy Spirit's breaking out and there's lots of gifts. It was a journey for me. It started in a Methodist chapel, Methodist church in Hastings called Park Road Methodist. There we are. Got to push for Park Road Methodist. And one, after, one, one morning, the, a guy who was filled with the Spirit decided it would be good for people to experiment, as it were, and to find out more about the Holy Spirit. So he arranged for a meeting at the back of the church in the hall. There was probably about 10 of us. There was, um, there was uh, quite a few old ladies that were there. I remember that. And there was Fran and myself and, um, and a woman called Joan, who will come into it in a minute, and a, a gentleman of the road, if you know what I mean. There was a gentleman of the road there. And um, we had sort of taken him under our wing, and uh, he tended to sort of you know, say things. Maybe we weren't expecting him to say certain things. But he was there at the meeting as well. So the guy who was leading the meeting sort of said, right, what I'm going to do, he says, I'm going to speak in a tongue. He says, I'm going to speak in another language, he says. And I believe that God will give the interpretation. So he spoke in this tongue. And everybody sort of froze because we'd never heard this before. You know? And he sort of said, now, I believe that somebody's going to have the interpretation to this. At which point, this man of the road, as it were, stuck, stuck his hand up and he said, I believe I know what, that, what the message is. And he said, okay, what is it? He says, I believe God's saying that Joan should eat more bananas so that she can get better. <laughs> and, or I, th- I don't, and I, I, it may not have been getting better, was it? Eat more bananas, wasn't it, Fran? Where's Fran gone? Yeah, just eat more bananas, wasn't it? She should eat more bananas, which kind of relaxed the situation a bit. And the guy who's leading it sort of said, thank you ever so much for that contribution. He says, I'm sure that Joan does need to eat more bananas, but I believe that God's got a bit more to give us on this. And so that was my first experience of hearing tongues, um, learning about the gifts. And so I went on a journey, and I wanted to find out more about it. And I was at college, and um, I'd heard about tongues. And I wanted, I wanted to speak in tongues. I knew that this was a gift. I felt convinced this was a gift for all believers. And so I said to God, if you want me to have this gift of tongues, would you wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning? No alarm clock. And I'm, I'm a dreadful person for getting up at any rate. I said, if you could wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning, he said, I said, I, be, I believe that you want me to speak in tongues. Sure enough, a few minutes before 3 o'clock in the morning, I was suddenly wide awake. So I got out of bed, and I lay down, and I put my hands together, and I went... And for about five minutes, nothing came out. And I felt a bit disappointed. So I went to bed and I went to sleep. Next night, I said, Lord, if you do want me to speak in tongues, would you wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning again? And I'll know. 3 o'clock in the morning, I woke up. So I lay beside the bed and I put my hands together and I said, Lord, I want to speak in tongues. 
and for five minutes, and then nothing was coming out. I was getting really disappointed at this point, but I'd heard tongues now from somebody else, and I thought, this is right. So I prayed to God. I said, Lord, three o'clock. This has got to be it. Three o'clock, you woke me up again, and I lay beside the bed, and I put my hands together. I opened my mouth. Only this time, I heard some sounds in my head, and they were ever so simple, you know, like, as a badder, as a badder. And I did this a few times, and in the end, I stopped myself, and I sort of said, this is silly. I'm just making up sounds in my head, and I'm trying to speak in tongues. And I didn't ask God to wake me up again at 3 o'clock in the morning. I just, and I just was disappointed. I was just very disappointed. Many, many, many months later, I was at a convention called Spring Harvest. And there was a meeting which said uh, it was all about the Holy Spirit. It was all about gifts of the Holy Spirit, how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I went along to it. And there was a session there where they sort of said, if you want to be filled with the Spirit, would you stand? And so I stood. And then they said, right, there are people here who are going to lay hands on you, just going to put their hand on your head, and they're just going to pray, and we're just going to pray for more of the Holy Spirit. And so I, I stood, and, uh, and around me I could hear, as somebody was praying for me, I could, I could hear some noise of tongues going on. I could hear people speaking in another language. That's what tongues is. It's speaking in a God-given language. It's a heavenly language. Some of the languages are known in the, you know, in the world. Some of them are not. And I could hear that people started to talk. And lo and behold, the same sounds came into my head. The same sounds. And as I did it more and more, because he'd encouraged us to keep doing it, and all of a sudden, the language came. Do you mean? All of a sudden, and all of a sudden, I was off on this, and I was amazed myself. I couldn't believe that all these sounds were coming to me. And then I said to myself, can I switch this off? And so, in, so I said, right, I'm going to switch this off. Um, and I stopped. I thought, ooh, I've stopped. Oh, can I start it up again? And all I started up again. I thought, wow, this is amazing. And so from then on, I was speaking in tongues, and I was practicing it and doing it and, and that. Um, I went home to Fran. Fran, where are you? I hear you. Oh, there you are, love. Yeah. I went home, and I said to Fran, Fran, I'm speaking in tongues. And, she, and, she, and you were really depressed, weren't you? Because you'd, because you'd gone to a different meeting, wasn't it? And, and she, she wished she'd been at the meeting. And so, um, um, so poor Fran, for six months, a year, a year, Fran was really off with me. <laughs> I used to pray over her when she was asleep at night. I used to pray, Lord, would you fill her with your spirit? Would you give her tongues? Would you? And then all of a sudden, we were going off to a meeting by somebody called Ishmael. And as we closed the door, I just, I just felt this voice come to me that just said, tell Fran that today's the day and to receive whatever is on offer. And I prayed it to you, didn't I, as we were getting out the door, wasn't it? And sure enough, Ishmael gave an opportunity for people to pray, to, to receive the Holy Spirit. And she received the Holy Spirit, she spoke in tongues, and, and, and that, that was that. And I went on to practice the gifts of the Spirit, so I wanted to find out more and more. So I learned about words of knowledge. And, and I thought, Lord, I, I, want to, I, want to, I want to branch out. I was working in a hospital at the time. So I said, Lord, I want a word of knowledge for one of my patients in the hospital. 
Lord, a patient I have today. So this patient came in. I knew I was going to have quite a bit of time with her. And um, so I said, Lord, would you give me a word that will suddenly open things up for her and she will want to know more about Jesus? And, and as I was writing on some notes, this word came to my head, pelican. And I said, you've got to be joking. <laughs> pelican? It doesn't sound like a God-firing word, does it? You know, am I going to say pelican to this woman? And she's going to say, oh, Lord! You know, so I, said, so I, I beat her out of the bush and I sort of said, um, have you been anywhere where there's been any wild birds? <laughs> no. So I said, hmm, okay. I said, have you, have you ever been to a zoo recently or anything like that? I, she said, no. So then I thought, right, okay, I've got to bite the bullet. And I sort of said, um, does pelican mean anything to you? And she said, no. <laughs> I was really deflated at this point. And I thought, oh, well, I asked for this word, and I've given this word, and it doesn't seem to have done anything. However, she was interested to know why I was asking her so many questions. And so I got talking to her, and we got chatting, and then it, God had ar arranged it that I was going to have to um, uh, treat this lady for the next three, four days. And so um, when she came for treatment, um, I used to chat to her, and then uh, she learned that I was a Christian. She was asking questions, so I answered the questions. So she learned that I was a Christian, and, um, and we just chatted, chatted about this and, and that. And then, and I, and I was thinking, Lord, I want to be able to lead this woman to the, the Lord. That's what I wanted to do right from the very beginning. And so, on my way into work one morning, I prayed, and I, and I prayed in tongues the entire journey, and it was an hour long. So I prayed for an hour in tongues in the car. When I got to work, um, I went up to this lady, and she beat me to it because I wanted to, to say, you know, you need to become a Christian. You know, I want. She beat me to it. She said. She said, I had a dream last night. She said, I had an extraordinary dream last night. And she said, you were in it. You were in this dream. And she said that, um, she said, I dreamt that I was walking down this road, she says, and I passed your garden. And she says, and in your garden, she said, you had a huge apple tree. And she said, and the apples were spilling over the road. And she said, and you came out and you picked an apple off the tree and you gave it to me as I was walking past. She said, and she said, so I believe God wants you to give me something. Oh, she said, I believe. No, she didn't say God because we hadn't got to that point. She said, I believe from my dreams. She said, you're going to give me something this morning. And I said, yes, yes, yes. And so I had a journey into life with me. And so we read some of the journey to life. I said, and what I want to give to you said, is the opportunity to pray the prayer at the back to become a Christian. So she prayed with me there to become a Christian. And she, gave, and she gave her heart to the Lord, which was fantastic. Um, she, went, she went home. She went, she went back home. I got a letter from her. She joined, a, she joined a local church. This is in Brighton. She joined a local church in Brighton, which I'd encouraged her to do. And then she wrote me a letter. She said, Pete, she said, thank you so much. She said, I'm part of a local church, she said. And she said, I've been talking to people about my faith. She said, and my daughter and, and my family are all interested in it. They've seen the change in me. She said, could you send me some of those journey into life, she says, because I want to start giving them to my family because they want to know how to become a Christian. That came from a pelican moment. <laughs> so now I thank God for the pelican. Right? Sometimes you may feel that you have words and you think they're pelican words. Maybe you've given a word and it hasn't come to anything. Don't give up. 
Keep pressing through. Keep moving forward with it. So what are the gifts? What are all the gifts? Well, in Scripture, there are, there are nine fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, joy, um, kindness, self-control. And there's also about 21, I say about 21 because some scholars differ on it, but there are other 21 miraculous gifts, um, things like tongues, interpretation tongues, miracles, healings, prophecy. There's enabling gifts like gift of faith, discernment, uh, or discerning of spirits, wisdom, knowledge. And there are team gifts like apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastoring, teaching, gifts of mercy, serving, giving, administration, and there are probably others that I've missed out. There are these gifts. And God has designed you to be a vessel of the Holy Spirit and to be able to have gifts that he wants you to use for his glory. Where am I? So what are they used for? What are the gifts used for? Well, they're primarily used for building up the body of Christ, for building up people around you and for, building, and for, for bringing people to, to Jesus. They're also designed to build you up in your faith. Tongues in particular is something which builds you up. Um, Fran and I are always speaking in tongues. We were speaking in tongues on the way here to church this morning. We were speaking in tongues yesterday in the, in the car. We quite often say that when we're driving down the road out of our village, we're always speaking in tongues because we just know that this, is, this builds us up and keeps us in contact with the Holy Spirit and what he's saying and keeps us more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Do you know gifts are not... This is what they're not. They're not flowers. They're not flowers and boxes of chocolates that will be here today and gone tomorrow. They're not things for putting on the shelf and sort of saying, ha-ha, I have this gift, and you put it on the shelf, because what will happen is it will wither and it will die. No, the gifts that we are given by God are different. They are more like, where have I put them? Ha-ha, Rich has got them. Gifts that God gives us are more like these. They're weapons. They're for a job. They're for fighting the battle. The Bible talks about the weapons of our warfare. And this is what the gifts are for. They're for fighting God's battle in, this, in, the, in your life and in the world around you so that the kingdom of God can advance. Now, in Scripture, it says that when David had slain Goliath, it says immediately afterwards, Jonathan recognized that David had a calling on his life. And it says that Jonathan went up to him and gave him gifts. He didn't give him flowers. He gave him his sword. He gave him his bow. Gave him his tunic, which would have been his armour. Gave him his robe and gave him his belt. So he equipped him for warfare, for battle. Because he knew that that was the calling. And that's our calling. Our calling is to be part of God's battle. And it's a good battle. It's a battle that he's already won in the heavenlies and we're seeing the outworking on the, on the earth. It says also, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, it says, when Jesus ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. So he gave these gifts to us. That's why we heard early on from, um, from Paul. It's good that I go, Jesus said, because I can send you the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came, he administered gifts to people. He didn't administer flowers and chocolates, 
things that were temporal and, and would die away. He gave gifts so that the people of God would be equipped for the rest of their lives. The Bible also says that the Holy Spirit gives gifts, or we receive gifts as the Holy Spirit plans it. And so everybody is entitled, as it were, to at least one gift, because the Bible says everybody has a gift or gifts. So you, when you, before you even became a Christian, God knew that there were certain gifts that he wanted for you. So, what does zealous, uh, sorry, earnestly desiring spiritual gifts mean? Well, if you look at the Greek, earnestly means zealously. Zealously wanting spiritual gifts. Keen, having great keenness was another uh, interpretation of it. Having great keenness. And in an illustration that I read was like a fan who's waiting outside the doors of the dressing room to catch a glimpse or to say a word to their fan that they're going to wait and they're going to wait and they're going to wait until it happens. And so that is what earnestly desiring spiritual gifts is, is that you, you press in, you press in, you look for every opportunity to have the gifts, you look for every opportunity to, to receive from God, which is why I want to encourage you. Um, in a moment, we're going to have a time when we're going to rest in God, we're going to allow God to minister to us. It'd be an opportunity for you to just press in, in yourself, to receive the gifts. What can hinder us from receiving the gifts? Well, Smith Wigglesworth says this. He says, The world, the flesh, and the devil will oppose your understanding and ability to move in the gifts. And you will do it in these ways. Tiredness. When you get tired and you lack of sleep, you lose direction. And then your life just becomes, your Christian life just becomes a caretaking life rather than a dynamic pressing forward and pressing through for what God wants. Confusion. Things like saying, gifts are not for today. Or saying, they're so strange. I'm not interested in this. They're strange. Or complacency. Oh, it's okay for other people to have gifts. They're, they're not for me. They're, they're not for me, thank you very much. Or saying that, I've tried that, it never worked. Or there's fear. Fear. What if it doesn't work? I praise God that I didn't give up pressing in for tongues. I praise God that I didn't give up pressing in for words of knowledge. I praise God for other things where I've had to press through to receive from him. Because Jesus has got gifts for us. Six years ago, I had a series of visions. I've never shared them. I felt God say, hang on to them for the right time. He told me to share one of the visions with you today. So this is the first time I've ever shared this vision. I was having a time of prayer, and I was waiting on God, and I had just had a very clear picture that just came to me as I was just waiting on God. I was just resting, been resting for quite a while, and just being very open to what God wanted to do. And in, my, in, this, in this vision, I've an encounter, I'll call it an encounter, because I feel that might be easier for you to engage with. It's an encounter with God. And in it, I had a picture of me in a kitchen, and there was somebody next to me in white, and I knew it was Jesus. I never saw his face, but I just knew it was Jesus. I knew this was Jesus with me in this kitchen. And he had an apron on. And what we were doing in this kitchen was that we were baking cakes. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is interesting. And this was Jesus in the kitchen with me, and, he, and Jesus was making cakes. And he was making these cakes, and he was singing 
and he was laughing, and he was happy, and he was making these cakes, and he was putting his hands in these bowls of fruit, and he's putting all this fruit in. But when I looked at the bowls of fruit, they all had the names of the gifts of the Spirit on them. So I realized he was putting gifts into this cake. And then he, then he took this cake, or these cakes, and he put them in the oven, and he baked these cakes. And then when they came out of the oven, they had people's names in, embroidered, uh, in, emboiled onto the cake. So all people's names, individual names, were on the cakes. And I thought, wow. And then something extraordinary happened, which I didn't quite understand at the time, but I, I believe I do now. He got the cakes, and there was an Inglenook fireplace with a roaring fire. And he took these cakes, and he threw them onto the fire. And I, I thought, whoa, what's going on here? He's throwing the cakes onto the fire. But in actual fact, what happened was that immediately they went into the fire, the hot updraft caught the cakes, they went out through the, the chimney, and they went up into the air. And I said to God, I said, you know, I said to Jesus, what was this about? What's, what's happening? And he said, he was ever so happy, he started to dance up and down. I remember that. He started to dance up and down, and he was clapping his hands, and he sort of said, they've gone. They've, they've gone out now to those people, those names that were on it, so they're now going to get delivered. They're now going to get delivered to all the people who had their names on it. And Jesus was so excited. I just picked that up in the vision. And then he took me out into the garden, and we walked up through the, through the garden. And there was a hill. The garden sloped, and there was a hill at the top. And we were walking up this hill. And all of a sudden, Jesus just stopped. And he ran into the undergrowth. And he ran into the undergrowth, and he went down into the grass, and he pulled up a large, long rope, rope-like weed. And he started to pull it up. And as he pulled it, it got longer and longer and longer. And it went into the, into the denser, denser undergrowth. And so we followed it, and we pulled it. And as we pulled it up, hanging from this weed, this rope, was fruit, fruit cakes. These, these cakes, some of them. Not all of them, there were some of them. And they were old. And Jesus knelt down, got his apron, and he picked them up, and he put them into his apron, and we started to walk back. And he was sad. And I said to him, what's that? He says, these are the ones that didn't get used. These were the ones that didn't get used. And then he was taking them back into the kitchen. Presumably, he was going to rebake them and send them to somebody else. That had a profound effect on me. That had a profound effect on me. And I thought, I am never going to lose my desire for spiritual gifts. I'm never, you know, because they've been given a cost at a price. Jesus laid down his life so that we might have the Holy Spirit, that we may have the gifts of the Spirit, and they are freely available for us. So I'm going to ask if, if it's all right, Barney, would it be okay if we just had some music and the musicians, if uh, musicians could come back. We're just going to have some, a time when we're just going to wait on God. Because I believe that he wants you to just spend some time with him now, receive from him. How do we receive gifts of the Holy Spirit? Well, we desire the giver. We desire Jesus above everything else. So we're just going to have a time of worship where I just want you to engage with him, to engage with the giver of, of life, with the giver of gifts, and just allow him to just to settle on you and to move in you. 
and just be at rest and be open to the Holy Spirit. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 6, it says, fan into flame the gift that God has put in you, that you received when you had the laying on the hands. So we're going to give an opportunity for you to fan into flame. To say, Lord, I'm just available. I just want more and more of you. And then there'll be an opportunity when you leave here to test it out, to try out some of the gifts. Take the risk. He's worth, he is more than worth you taking the risk. He's more than worth you looking a bit embarrassed or facing a bit of disappointment for a time, for a season. God wants you to press through. He wants to increase the temperature, as it were. So I just invite you to stand. I know some of you need to sit, and that's fine. But just be in a receptive mood, because we're going to be praying in the moment. We're going to be praying for the Holy Spirit. So some ways you can receive is that you can be lifting up your hands. Maybe you just lift up your hands a little bit or a lot. Or you lift your head or some way that you're indicating physically with your body that you are wanting to receive. And I also want to encourage you, there's spaces around, so the aisles, the back. If you feel that you're a little hemmed in, take the opportunity to sort of move, move out and find some space. Find some space at the sides and the back. Because sometimes you just need to have that bit of space around you. Oh Lord. Come Holy Spirit. More of you Lord. More of you Lord. More of you Lord. More of you, Lord. Oh, more of you, Lord.